two friends communicating, laughing, talking, curing the world's woes. Yep, that's what Vicki and Deborah do whenever they get together. Would you like to hear their conversations? Please join in to Nobody Asked Us, but Conversations with Lifelong Friends. Enjoy. Episode 6, Faith. Hi, welcome to uh, Penny University Presents Nobody Asked Us, but Episode 6, where we're going to be talking about faith. Um, I want to do a little few uh, housekeeping. I forgot my mic at work, and so I probably sound like I am in a can, and uh, Vicki, who walks alongside us, we do this um, program together, will sound fantastic, which is pretty typical. Vicki usually sounds fantastic and intelligent, and I'm like groping around, sharing my opinion um, <laughs> boisterously, where she'll, she'll give you it, share it cleanly. Um, but we just, you know, so I just wanted to prepare you for that. I thank you for listening to episode six. I want to thank everybody who listens to all of Penny University's different series. We have, uh, Penny University has several series out there, and uh, we have Our Investigation, Our Truth, we have Backbone of the Band, The Drummer, we have um, Moments on the Skin about tattoos, uh, we have a series on losing children. We have some great series in our past, so please go to Anchor and check out those other series. Um, I think they're good. And please do us another favor and make sure you share it with your friends and family. Let them enjoy Penny University, um, a podcast with value. Uh, if you have any specific questions or comments or want to just say hi or um, contact either Vicki or myself or any of the other co-hosts on any of the other series, you are welcome to email pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. Penny University, one word, at protonmail.com. And it would be great to hear from our listeners as opposed to, you know, the gentleman from Africa who is whole, really needs $15,000 of money, you know, to graciously, you know, send my way. That would be really nice. What? You're not going to help him out? No, I, I'm really <laughs> not. No. So, so uh, my name is Deborah Fingston. I am part of this duo. Nobody asked us, but so I am half of the brain. Okay. Uh, I am here in sunny Arizona. We were talking before we came on the air. It's about 70 degrees currently up in Prescott, Arizona. We're 5,000 feet up. So we're a mile high, just like Denver. And Vic, where are you? Well, uh, I am uh, still in uh, on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, Canada. And while it's a sunny day outside, it's still chilly. It's in the low 40s Fahrenheit, but uh, it's due to get up into the 60s later this week. So uh, we're so excited about that. So, so Vicki and I have been friends for a dang long time. You know, I was yeah. laughing the other day, somebody was talking about their really good friend and their really good friend um, actually married them. And 
you know, oh, how are you and your friend? And I said, well, she didn't marry us, but um, at her wedding, I wasn't allowed to give birth. I was extremely, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know about that. And yeah. I was thinking to myself, holy moly, next month, my oldest son turns 40 years old. And wow. Oh my goodness. Cried. Vicky and I <sighs> used to be roommates and he cried when you moved out. Vicky's leaving. So, I mean, we have known each other a long time. Right. Right. And, and you were pregnant with your younger son when we lived together. Yes. Yes. Because you, yep. yes. And that house only had one bathroom. So you needed to have your morning sickness first before I could go in there. That's right. And then I needed the room. <laughs> right, right. Yes. I needed to move out because that became the baby's room. Well, and, and thank goodness TJ did not hold that against Andrew. He didn't, he didn't right. connect those two things. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Blast from the past. Yes. Yep. yep. You had big hair. I, ha I had big hair. Yes. And it's, uh, it's getting big again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it'll be that big. No. But it, no. It, uh, it was short for decades and now it's getting long. It so was we'll the early eighties. I mean, you had, big that's hair. true. Everybody had big hair then. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. All right. Let's get on to our um, subject for today. Yes. Faith. Um, and I will tell you, it was bouncing around in my head. Um, I know that both you and I have faith, uh, yes. which we'll be talking about in a few minutes, but when I look out, one of the reasons why this came to me is when I look out on the world, when I glance at the newspapers, I do not listen to the news. I, I just can't stomach the yelling at each other. I can't stand the extremism of the news. And you know what? Maybe we need to do one episode. Uh, I taught journalism for several years and how far I believe journalism has deteriorated. You know, please let's get back to the who, what, when, where, why, how and not your opinion, like it's fact. Uh, okay, I better move on. Um, <laughs> but, and I look at work, I work at a public library, so I see what's going on there. I see what's going on just in my children and my grandchildren's lives. Um, I know how I've been feeling. And honestly, I don't know how people make it in the world without faith. Um, I really feel bad for them because it gives, it gives strength. So that's when I texted you. I believe I started out with a text, then an email. Yep. Um, yep. What about next episode on faith? And I will tell you, Vicki may be sitting quietly currently, but she, if she didn't want to talk about it, she would have let me know immediately. There, there, it would have been, we would have discussed it. It wouldn't have been just me bowling her over or anything. And I didn't hear anything back. So I thought, okay. Yep. Yep. It's no, it's, it's an excellent topic. Yep. So um, you know, I wanted to start off with, um, I am a, a Christian based. I'm a, I, I am a non-denominational Christian. Uh, my faith came to me when I was 21 years old and thank goodness for my mother and my grandmother. Um, I, I listeners, I know you will be shocked because you think I'm such a highly intelligent, calm, unradical woman, but I was a hellion my poor mother. And um, what I put her through, 
I still, to this day, will send up a prayer. Sorry, mom, about that one. If something falls into my head. <laughs> but it was from two very, very strong, godly women um, that I found faith. And I can tell you the day. Well, first of all, I remember screaming at my mother when she said, Deborah, I'm praying for you. Oh, I'm going to burn in hell, mom. You know, I would scream at her and I would, you know, I am going to go down partying. And oh, I was just terrible. And, uh, but my mother was the most non-judgmental woman I ever met in my life. Uh, she did not see skin color. She did not see gender. She did not see wealth or poor. She did not, I mean, she just cared for everyone and, and everyone deserved respect. Um, and she would just love me through it. Absolutely love me through it. And, you know, she would talk about it and she was a holy roller. If we could use that term. I mean, if you went to my mother's church, she was, you know, her arms were up and she was going for it. So some people would be uncomfortable with that. Um, but she was a prayer warrior and she really talked to God. And uh, I was pregnant as we were talking with my oldest son at the time. And I only stopped smoking pot, smoking cigarettes and drinking because I was pregnant. I had full intentions of going back to all of those things uh, when I was done being pregnant after I gave birth. And boy, I'll tell you, when you stop doing stuff and then you look around who you're hanging with, <laughs> <laughs> that's an eye opener and then I remember cigarettes went from 45 cents a pack to 50 cents and I was smoking two packs a day and I thought I am not paying a dollar which is hysterical even more yeah yeah even now I know. and but then I went in went into labor uh gave birth to Thomas um and the nurse I was, it was in the evening and it was later on in the evening and it was dark. And she said, um, would you like to hold your son? Everybody had left by this point. And I said, yes. And she brought me TJ and I pulled up my knees and I put him, you know, right there on my knees and she pulled the curtain and I unwrapped his little swaddling blanket, you know, and I just looked at him and I may get teary. I looked at his little fingers and his little toes and his ears and his little nose and this beautiful miracle. And it came to me at that moment. There must be a God. This is, this is too miraculous. This is too amazing. This is, this is a miracle. And there has to be a God. So I immediately called my mother after I spent time with TJ talking to him and kissing him and smelling him and feeling him. And I called my mother. And so by this time it's later on at night and I'm calling her from my hospital bed. And this is back when phones existed. She answered the phone a little, hello, hello. And I said, mm -hmm. mom, is, Deborah, is everything okay? And I said, yes, mom, there has to be a God. And I could hear in her voice, she said, yes. She called me Debbie, yes, Debbie, there's a God. And I said, well, I believe in him now, mom. And she said, 
I'm, I'm coming in. And I said, okay. And she brought me a Bible and I started reading it. And um, I came home and at the time I told my first husband, okay, things are gonna change. Life is different now, here we go. But it was, that's the moment I found my faith. And that, that was a, a, a world changer, a life changer. Yeah. Strength. You know, so I, I don't know how many people out there have that, have a moment like that. I don't know. Do you? Uh, no. Um, my my uh, walk to faith was not quite as dramatic. Um, and, and I, and I just, before I share my story, um, I, I'll be the example because for, for those of you who, who are listening, listening you know and if and if you've gone to a church or somewhere and people share and in christian speak it's you share your testimony you are testifying to your faith that's typically what it's called but if you share your story and you hear these people with these you know i used to be a drug addict i used to be homeless you know i used to be this or that or this or that and now i'm you know something completely opposite um not you don't have to have that kind of a transformation to come to Christ. Um, so so for me, I was not raised in a Christian environment. Um, both of my parents were, and when they wanted to get married, they came from different denominations. Um, both of my parents came from Germany. My father was raised Lutheran. My mother was raised Baptist. Um, they met in Canada, and when they wanted to get married, neither church would marry them because my mother was previously divorced. Now, isn't this, that crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah this is uh, you know sixty plus years ago uh, when being divorced was socially frowned upon. Yeah. So, uh, so when so they had a civil ceremony, um, and that experience. Um, um, informed how they would raise us. I have a younger sister. So uh, we, we didn't go to church, um, uh, you know, Sunday school. We did for a time, um, and I have vague memories of it, but it, it didn't last because my dad worked odd hours and my mom got tired of taking to us on Sundays without my dad, and it, it just didn't last. So I, I did not grow up in a in a in a church environment um, but my husband did and when we met uh, he had also the term is called fallen away if you've been to church and then you don't for you don't go for a while uh, and he was in the the falling away phase when we met um, and we got married and you know and deborah deborah was there <laughs> along with <laughs> Uh, in vitro, Andrew. That's right. That's <laughs> he was right. There too. Um, he was not allowed to make an appearance. That's right, and he didn't. He stayed <laughs> he did in your not. belly, right where he belonged. <laughs> yes, there was no, uh, no early. Yeah, you were eight months pregnant because he was born. Yes, you know, liter literally a month later. So, uh, so you know, Bruce and I just went went about our lives, and. Um, we, we had the opportunity to go to um, 
to do a cruise in the Mediterranean with, with his parents. And on that cruise, one of the stops was in Israel. And we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, uh, which is an amazing church. Um, but um, Bruce had an experience there. Um, I won't go into detail uh, about it here, but he had an experience there that when we came back home, he said, I want to start going to church. Oh, okay. And there was a Lutheran church in our neighborhood. Uh, we would pass by it every day, driving up and down into our neighborhood. Um, so, okay, let's start with that church. And we went to church there. We, we went there for many years, but it was, so you can imagine, so this is a, a denominational church. There's a specific liturgy, which is words they say, things they do. Uh, traditions that they have and I you know none of it is it's all new to me and but it was interesting and so over time you know ra rather than you know I I did not have a, a a newborn staring at me you know with with God written all over him, going, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, you know now. No, I, <laughs> yeah, where God, where God was telling you, Hey, look, I, I exist, right? You know, my, you have this beautiful baby because I exist and, right. and you saw God through TJ. Well, well, you could say Jesus was sitting next to me in the pew and tapping my shoulder and saying, what do you think about this, Vicki? Hmm? What, what are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. um, so he, he would sit there week after week, nudging me like, hmm, what, what do you think? So, so that's how Jesus came to me, N not in a momentous single event, but over time. Um, and, and it was, and we had, a, and the pastor at that church was a wonderful man. And we got to know him and his wife and, and other people there. And of course, you and I were friends. So yep, yep. we had the example of your walk, uh, your faith. So, uh, and I, and I had been baptized as a baby in the, in the Lutheran tradition, that's um, how that's done. Even though my parents were, you know, right. not regular attendees, right. there are certain habits that you, there are certain things you do, whether you go to church regularly or yes. not, one of them yes. is baptizing your baby. So, so that's how Jesus touched me. And I, I came to, I came to him in that way. And the next church we went to a number of years later, they had a um, baptism where they would go to the beach and baptize people because in San Diego that's common to do if you live near the coast you do these beach baptisms and on one of those Sundays I decided you know I should I should get back I, I realized I was baptized uh, but I should make that I, I want to do it as an adult now that I've come to Christ as an adult so I was baptized back then you know, um, something you said kind of stirred a point with me, and I've talked several times 
um, with a lot of people about this, how um, I was also, when I was super young, we went to a Lutheran church. And I, I remember um, my dad being very good friends with the pastor. His name was Pastor Wissinger. And my dad and Pastor Wissinger would sometimes have to, Pastor Wissinger would come up and him and my dad would go like three towns over for them just to sit and have a beer. Because, you know, you, at that time, you, your pastor, you know, that wasn't allowed, even though it was just yeah, a yeah. casual beer. Um, and the way uh, Pastor Wissinger ended up going through a divorce and the way the church handled that was so awful that my dad actually, he still always had faith, but that he walked away from the church. He said, I was done. With yeah. I'm done with that. Yep. And yeah. I remember also another time years later, we were going to a church in Southern California and the pastor had an affair and um, how the church was just decimated by it. It was like, oh my gosh. And I remember asking people at the time, excuse me, but who is your faith in? That mm -hmm. pastor or God? And right, yeah. we're all stinking human beings. I mean, I have sinned. I, I have sinned today, you know? God went to the cross and shed his blood to cover that sin. And that pastor up there is a human being and they're, they should do right. And it's, it was correct that that pastor needed to leave the church. Absolutely. Um, but these are human beings and they sin as well. But yeah. I think what's happened since the 1970s, since the Jesus movement in the 70s and um, the contemporary non-denominational churches have really come in. I like them. I highly respect them. But as we as human beings always do one pendulum swing to the other pendulum swing, we've really lost the beauty of the traditions that existed to the non-traditional, right? I, I wish sometimes we would just find that beautiful common. And I think a lot of churches now are doing that. They're bringing some traditions back in, um, you know, instead of the, you know. Well, you know, that's exactly the reason we gravitated towards the Anglican church, which in the U.S. is the Episcopal church. Because um, in our travels, um, um, we, you know, we, we've stayed up here in the Pacific Northwest prior to where we are now. Uh, we've come up here for, uh, for trips when we were contemplating um, living here. And um, we always seek out churches wherever we are. Um, and when we were on Salt Spring Island a few years ago, we found an Anglican church and we, we tried it and it was, it was beautiful. The, the liturgy was just gorgeous. And there was another Anglican church when we were in Victoria in the fall of 2019 and we visited that church. So when we came up here in the Comox Valley, um, we, we all, all we sought was an Anglican church and there are two in the valley. So we just, you know, we right. chose the one closest to us. And, you know, as we're, you know, we're recording this a week after Easter. And so in, uh, in many denominational faiths, they, 
there is a period leading up to Easter called Lent. Well, our there's a non-denominational church that we also belong to in San Diego that doesn't do Lent. That that whole that whole experience doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, um, it, you know, it's still the pandemic, so we weren't able to do a lot of things in person. But we followed a, a beautiful daily devotional during Lent, um, and and the services that our church up here did um, were were just were just beautiful. Um, so we so that has meaning to us and you know we we realize there are people you know as we've been getting to know uh, others in the church you know there are many people who were are born and raised anglicans it's all they know Um, and they make comments about oh you know we need to think outside the box you know it's for a lot of people these prayers are just rote they're just words and and I, you know, and I always raise up my hand in the Zoom sessions and say, you know, that might be true for you, but for some of us, those words are beautiful and you know, have meaning. Yes. Um, my husband was raised Catholic, which I never was raised. Um, and I, we um, were, well, Every once in a while, we don't go to a Catholic church, but every once in a while, we'll go to a Greek Orthodox church on Saturday night to the Vesper. And it is like you are, it's this beautiful event. You are walking back into history. I mean, the Apostle Paul started the Greek Orthodox church. And when you read about martyrs or the church being persecuted in the Middle East, that's the Greek Orthodox church. That's not Lutheran. That's not non-denominational. That's not Episcopal. That's not, that's the Greek Orthodox church that's being persecuted. Um, And, but it it is just so gorgeous in its, you know, um, the chanting and the atmosphere and the ritual. And he just always feels very comfortable when we go to that Saturday night Vesper. Um, And I have some very dear friends who are just beautifully in love with the Lord that are from different uh, Southern Baptist or Catholic or all that. And I truly believe that the key, in my opinion, and what I believe is correct, is Jesus Christ. Do you believe that he is the son of God and that he died on the cross, shed his blood for you? He's the key. And if if you believe in that, all the other stuff, that's stuff. And you right, find right. where you feel comfortable. Now, I do believe that there are a few key principles that we have to follow. And I'm not into the free range church where, you know, um, I am extremely pro-life. Uh, I worked for an organization for a while called Women Exploited by Abortion because I did have an abortion when I was extremely young and I was misguided and um, I, I regret that decision. Thank, thank God. He is a gracious, forgiving God. And I can, I work through that, but I really deal with that. I do believe that that is wrong. And I don't agree with um, churches that say, Oh, let, we need to accept. We need to, you know, no, you can love that you have to accept that there are a few principles that God said, no, I'm, I don't agree with this. And there are, you know, 
the Ten Commandments are a big deal. <laughs> um, but we also have to love people through those things. You know, we have to graciously walk. And it is so funny. Um, it's not funny, but it is funny at the same time. When I worked for Weba, I was sitting at a church conference. And boy, if you want to find something interesting, I have a really dear friend who used to be a pastor. And he said, if anything will turn you against the church, work for a church. <laughs> <laughs> he still loves God. There's a lot of truth in that. Yes. <laughs> um, you want to experience something interesting, go to a church conference, a convention, because here I was sitting at a table talking about the sanctity of life, how life starts at the minute of conception. And I am arguing with an Episcopal priest, mind you, that, that it didn't. And right next to me was um, a robe salesman. And on the other side of my table was church insurance. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, is this, is this what it was like when Jesus walked through the temple and started overturning tables and said, what are you guys doing? You know, let's get back to personal faith, you know, and, you know, we, again, we're human beings and we're trying our yep. best and God will help you through that, you know, and um, I just look out in the world and I, I think suicide rates are going through the roof. Um, questions of sexuality are going through the roof. Acceptance of some really bizarre crap and I is going through the roof. If you are looking at me and you are um, telling me that you are in love with your car, and I have to accept that as a normal relationship. I'm sorry. It's going, we're warping here. We're warping. Yeah. I, I, I think the pandemic has, um, uh, you know, obviously has really spiked a lot of that, but it, but now because of the pandemic, there's no greater time for hope and for faith. Yes. Um, and you know, and I, and I think that people, many people are searching for something to believe in um, during, during this time. And, and right, if you, if you watch the news or if you read the news, it's easy to get depressed. Um, and it's, it's easy to get sidetracked into, into things. Um, so, so for me, um, so my faith has been that hope um, to take the long view, mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and yes, that, and, and, and to pray for those who have, you know, for, for all those many millions who have died of COVID, um, you know, it's just been, it's, the pandemic has been a horrific experience, uh, and we're not quite out of the woods yet, but it's, it would be easy to get depressed and to, you know, it would be a struggle to deal with it without, without faith. Without I think. Faith. I, I think it's a struggle to deal with anything without faith. Um, yes, as, for sure. As we've stated um, in other episodes, you know, I lost my youngest son, and honestly, I questioned my faith at that time. Big yeah. time did I question my faith. Um, but without my faith, I would have never made it through. 
absolutely never made it through. Yeah. So, okay, we need to take a break. Um, and uh, as everyone knows, we need to take just a couple of minutes. We'll take a breather, we'll take some water, drink some water. And when we come back, why don't we talk about maybe some concerns we have for faith and Christianity. Um, but I also wanna make sure that we touch bases on some positivity before we close up. So please take a moment, give us a moment to breathe and we will be back in a moment. There are tons of podcasts out there. You have options. Penny University is truly a podcast with value, and we strive to share great true stories. Some are plain fun, some might bring a tear to your eye, and maybe even make you a little angry. Listen to them all. Please listen, like, and share. Head over to our Facebook page, see who we are. And thanks for listening. Would you like to communicate with Penny University? Send a suggestion? Send a comment? Ask a question. Please feel free to email pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. Penny University, one word, at protonmail.com. We'll love to hear from you. Welcome back. And um, as everyone knows, we are moving through the conversation of faith. Um, and we thank you for listening and um, we really do care for you. I know Vicki cares about you. I know I care about you and we are being honest with who we are. So our faith is important to both of us. So I think we really did need episode six on faith for the, for yeah. our listeners to know who we are. Yes. It's another facet uh, of our lives. So, yes. Um, I, brought up earlier when I kind of introduced why I wanted to talk about this subject, some concerns I have um, a revolving faith. Now, I believe that um, we are in such a, um, Vicki, you probably know the popular term that they're, re, they're calling it, but it's this um, world we live in that if you say something that it even offends one person you get skewered and you need to almost be erased um, oh, cancel culture cancel culture thank you i knew you would know it <laughs> and i believe that's kind of um i'm seeing two things i am seeing faith in people getting super strong in their faith growing um uh, faith is becoming very tender to them and intimate because I believe when evil pours out, goodness pours out as well. Um, but this cancel culture, I believe that faith is really being attacked. Um, now, as I stated, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I am a non-denominational Christian. I'm a, I'm an independent voter. I'm an independent thinker. Um, but man, even if you are of another faith, I see faith being skewered and being really ridiculed. Um, I see the traditional Christian faith uh, being thrown out, baby with the bathwater, man. Um, I, I just am saddened for what I see in our society, in our political um, arenas, um, dealing with the Christian faith. I, I'm saddened by a lot of it. 
Mm. Um, I'm also excited by some things because I believe that uh, I, be I believe we're in our in kind of the end times. Now, even the apostles said they believe that they were in the end times as well. Um, Every generation says that. Right. <laughs> but when you when you read the Bible, when you read scripture, and I believe people are attacking the Bible, but if you look at it truly, it really is a miraculous piece of work. Um, we just read in Daniel today and how Daniel was written before Alexander the Great, yet Daniel talked about Alexander the Great mm -hmm. um, and talked about Christ long before. And um, in my daily readings right now, I'm reading uh, Proverbs and Psalms. And here we have, you know, the Psalms professing Jesus. Um, I, one of my favorite people that I listen to is a rabbi, but he's a completed Jew and how he talks about the Old Testament and the Torah and the Passover and all of their ceremonies as a Jew pointing to Jesus. And it's well, because at that time, uh, when Jesus was here on earth, there was there was no New Testament yet. The, <laughs> no. the only thing that pointed to him, and and those were the scriptures that he referred to about yes. himself. That's all there was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so yes, he what he was uh, told about. He was written about quite extensively in the Old Testament. Is well, that that existed? And I I love the fact um, I have had people say to me, well you know, how do you even know he existed? And, you know, there is more documentation that Jesus existed than Alexander the Great, yet people will say Alexander the Great existed, you know? Yeah. Um, and no one, even if you look at Josephus, who was a contemporary uh, documentarian at the time, nobody denied that Jesus, you know, existed. Um, and nobody actually even argued um, his followers, you know, so I, it's just kind of interesting. They just tried to eliminate them. Right. Um, but we're also living in a time that was prophetic with Israel becoming Israel again. Right. Yes. But, and, and you know, you know, Deborah, um, there are, I mean, yes, I, I suppose it's, e it's easy to, um, be, um, you know, yes, there, there are moments in time when the Christian faith is definitely uh, under persecution. Um, but we, uh, Bruce and I re recently finished watching the latest season of a show on Netflix called uh, Stiesel. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It might be Stiesel. Anyway, it's about um, a family of um, Orthodox Jews. Um, they are known as Haredi, H-A-R-E-D-I, ultra-Orthodox Jews. And the, the show is not about their Jewishness or, the, or their faith, but it's how, you know, they have the same problems as everyone else. Um, you know, family issues, uh, with their children, their grandchildren, you know, all, you could take the stories that they told and put them in a secular context. But what 
and, and they make no apology for their faith. But what is so heartwarming to me about the series is how ingrained their faith is in their lives. Um, Western culture, most especially in some cases, has turned Christianity into a thing you only do on Sunday. Yes. And then the rest yes. of the week, you you are someone else. And I, I think part of that is because in, in you know, in, in the U.S. most especially, and I think other Western countries have almost adopted this, it's this separation of church and state. Well, I think that has permeated our culture to a fault. Where Agreed. Yeah. If, you, if you are a Christian, then you better keep that to yourself during the week because mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear about that. Mm -hmm. but, it, but in this uh, Orthodox Jewish community, and it's filmed in Israel, um, they, they don't make any apology about it. And, and the non-Orthodox people that they encounter don't, you know, everybody treats one another with respect. It's not like, you know, okay, we, we know you're uh, Orthodox because of your clothing and, you know, your demeanor and so on, but we, we treat you the same. Um, so they, they just live in the context of their faith. That's just so ingrained in their life every day of the week. Um, and that's, for me, um, I'm, I'm not Jewish, but watching that series gave me hope that, yes, you can live your faith every day. Yes, yes. And find a way to live with it and, and be an example to others without being apologetic. You know, when and, you were... And, and my last comment is these uh, the, these uh, the Orthodox Jews and I think Jews in general they're not evangelistic you know they're not trying to convert other people it's just this is who they are um, which it, and this is the life they live that they you know right do, and they do so happily well you know it's um, a friend I work with their priest actually has a line they came into um, work and he said to me he goes um and and it's kind of sad honestly sometimes at work he has he feels that he has to be quiet um when he talks because I, a library is a very liberal um location <clears throat> um it's a fun spot to work but it's very liberal <clears throat> and um you know he said to me he said i am so tired of reading tolerance we have to tolerate we have to put up with we have to you know we should tolerate each other he said you know what my priest said the other day <clears throat> we should not tolerate each other because that means i'm just putting up with you what we should be doing is loving each other and i thought that is absolutely beautiful because when you tolerate you still have that under skin boiling but when you truly can love each other, when you can care about that person, that's when beauty happens. And I just thought that was absolutely gorgeous. And, um, you know, you do have to, I love living my faith every day and striving to care about what that person is thinking or going through or feeling. Um, and, and, not being um, hateful, I guess. Um, 
I don't, I would, would say I don't want to be an extremist because I believe that's what's happening in our world is we have just extremists running the show and it's like, give it up. Um, but at, I, I, I do think I'm probably extremist on some subject matters. I, I will mm -hmm. say, uh, I have soapboxes. I do, but man, I certainly hope I do it lovingly, you know, mm -hmm. Indeed. And, and I hear this separation of church and state separation of, you know, stop that crap too. Um, faith, the church is a beautiful part of life and it shouldn't be put in a jar, but I think evil wants to get rid of it. I mean, I, I yep, I am. An, there's one thing I am old school at. I believe there is evil. I believe there's Satan. I believe he is, you know, um, real. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe Jesus is the son of God. And it was because the blood he shed upon the cross and the love he shared for us that I, I can, I can exist. And I do believe there is a heaven and I do believe there is a hell. I am old school with that. Um, and all the stuff in the middle, that's not for me to judge. I am not a judge. Even though my name <laughs> does mean judge, which is hysterical. What, how do you want to close this? Hey, real quick, um, something, again, we were talking about before this episode started, because both of us, you watched church. I went to church today. Yep. Um, I want churches to be that more intergenerational where we have young people. I do not want to live in a 55 or older church. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Even though I am 55 and older. Yeah. Yes, we were talking about um, churches, uh, how they can strive to be more multi-generational. Yeah. Because uh, you, you, need, you need young families with children. They represent the future of a church. And you also need older people with wisdom and guidance um, and everything in between. Yeah. Just like you need the to sing the hymn, the old rugged cross sometimes an amazing yes. grace all yes. the way through to the contemporary music. You know, what a beautiful mixture. You need that beautiful mixture of, um, you know, your pastor up there in, in Converse at the same time. Um, I still miss, you know, and I, um, at a church I went to for years, I used to say, can we please have communion where we go up and one of my favorite memories of church as a child was again in this Lutheran church, we would go up to communion and I would get on my knees, you know, at the mm -hmm. altar and um, the pastor would put the bread and the wine, you know, for my mom and dad, but on me, when I was little, he would just put his hand on my head and give me a, and say a little prayer. I still can feel his warm hand and the warmth of that going through my body. And it was, I went to our pastor at the time and I said, can we please do communion like that instead of, you know, there's nothing wrong with the tray going through or, or now, now because of COVID, you know, the little sealed container with a little sealed thing in the senior and everybody's groping with the paper to pull it. <laughs> can we please go up? and have that that moment of respect for communion yeah it's very beautiful yeah, yeah. and you know 
So, well, yeah, maybe someday. Yep. Well, and you know what? That's what churches are. If you haven't been to a church, please go check out more than one. Go to a Greek Orthodox, go to a Catholic church, go to a Lutheran church, go to a contemporary church, go to um, a cowboy church that meets out on a farm. I don't know. Just strive, you know, try it out. Well, and if and if going to a church is still intimidating for you, uh, now's a great time to check out churches online since many Absolutely, churches, yeah. because of the pandemic, uh, started doing online services anyway. And yes. churches are discovering, wow, you know, we could reach a lot of people that way. Um, and and so I'm I'm hopeful that uh, many churches uh, will continue to do some sort of online presence even after they're allowed oh, to yeah, re I think so. reopen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that's a great way to check out a church uh, and, to, and to watch a service online to get a, a feel for it before actually setting your foot in the door. Um, and, you know, so, so that, that's, that's an, uh, an easy way um, you know, back in my day when I, uh, when, when my husband said, let's go to church, there was no option. You had to, you had to go actually to church. go. <laughs> Put your phone down. No. Turn your phone off. Get yeah. to know somebody. Well, I think this conversation, I mean, we just truly, this is a, this is an iceberg. Um, faith. Yes. Religion, There's so this much. Is a, this is so much. I hope you just, I hope we didn't, you know, sink your Titanic, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just touched the surface and I, I think it was great. You, you now know a little bit more about Vicki and I. So in our next episode, who knows what we will be discussing or touching bases on. And um, thank you for listening. This was a blast. Again, please continue to listen to Nobody Asked Us, but we will be covering a lot of topics and um, again, if there is anything in your um, head, heart, or life, let us know. If there's anything you want us to talk about, you know, we're, we're two pretty smart women. I think we can handle it. Let us know that too. So anything left, Vic? Nope, not for me, Deb. <laughs> okay, well, until next episode, please be strong, wise, and safe. Talk to you soon. Thank you for being part of Nobody Asked Us But. Please listen in to our next conversation. We hope to cover what is going on in our heads, hearts, and life. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe. Uh -huh.